It's time for Wrestling for the Culture, where we take a look inside to see what the wrestlers of color have been doing this week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the special edition of Wrestling for the Culture. I'm joined with some friends here as we have a very important discussion. As you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic, a pandemic that's been going on for quite, frankly, well over two, three hundred years, a racial pandemic. Yeah, obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to those suffering from COVID-19 because that's a pandemic in itself. But lately, with the senseless killings of people such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and uh, Mara Avery, and so many more, that this uh, has really put racism on the map for people who have tried to mask it and try to hide it. Well, in case you didn't notice, there's a lot of racism that goes on in professional wrestling. So today I'm joined by right now five other individuals in all ways, shape, or form of wrestling. We have podcasters, we have bookers, and of course, we have professional wrestlers on here. So I'm going to go around the screen, first starting off with Ariella Nix. Ariella, could you introduce yourself? Hey, well, I'm the answer to your prayers, Ariella Nix. I'm here as a wrestler um, based out of New York City. And then also we have the very outspoken Jonte Keith. Yep, as he said, very outspoken. Like, I ain't taking no shit from nobody, so what's good? I'm from Detroit. Let's talk. <laughs> and so, um, you know, on my screen, too, my bottom left, I have one of my good friends, uh, somebody who I've had the pleasure of working in the business side by side. And, you know, sometimes I say, I guess work under his direction, and as the one and only Blake Thomas, also known as Blizz. What's up, y'all? Like he said, this is Blake, known as Blizz. Blizz Photography, booking, producing, aging, and backstage wrestling. That's what I do, just scratching and surviving like the opening of good times. <laughs> and, you know, uh, below me on the screen, the screens, the screens just switch. But I have my good brother, somebody I've worked side by side in wrestling, in sports, and entertainment. We've had, used to have a show called the Wrestler Summit together, and that's the one and only Glenn Thomas. Gilo, what's, what's up, bro? Nothing much, man. All's well, man. Check us out every week on Wrestling Marks of Excellence. You can check me out there. I'm just doing love, would love the word of professional wrestling. Y'all also can check me out in Virginia if you're down here and uh, look for people to book in the wrestling show. And then, last but certainly not least, to my bottom right, I have the one and only. He's also been a former member on uh former guest on wrestling for the culture as is ariella as is jante and as the one and only snoop aka kodo what's up y'all this is snoop um like i said it's like he said just telling how it is um based out of florida and let's get down to it man all right so you know um ladies and gentlemen as you know we're in the middle of a pandemic and First and foremost, and I'm start with Ariella, and we're going to work our way around. I got to ask, explain, let me know how you're doing during this time. Um, be uh, as raw as authentic. My thing for this show, I don't want anybody to pull back any punches. I personally believe that we have pulled back so many punches for so long. We've played so nice, whether it's talking about the three letters in Connecticut, the three letters that's now in Florida, or three letters in Jersey or anywhere else. So I want every, I, obviously I don't want nobody to lose any bookings, but I want you to feel comfortable in this space. Ariella, how you been feeling so far? 
Um, honestly, I've been down, you know, like seeing everything that's coming out and it's just like, we're really still going through the same thing that we've been fighting for, for hundreds of years. And it's like, you know, I'm glad that it's becoming more exposed again and people are really fighting for it this time. And I went and did my first protest earlier today and that made me feel a lot better. You know, it's a small thing, but just, you know, to be a part of it, show my support and just see how many people actually do support this issue and hoping that this will somehow lead to real change, not just some BS that we've dealt with in the past. Like, oh, you know, just brush it under the rug. It needs to really change. We've been fighting for this for how long now? Yeah, that's true. Jante? Yeah, I, I agree. I've been I'm in the same way. Like, I've just been sad, bro, because it's like, damn, like, we've been, like she said, we've been fighting for this for, like, for years, bro. Like, we still going through the same shit. And that's why Black folks is mad, because it's a, it's a constant, it keeps repeating, bro. Like, for anybody that don't know that why we upset is because history keeps repeating itself. You know what I'm saying? You keep you can't keep marching and, and telling folks like, bro, like stop beating my ass, stop killing me until you just get frustrated. You know what I'm saying? That's what really what's going on right now. We just pissed. You know what I'm saying? It's just gonna keep being like that until shit until shit changes. I'm sorry. Like I get emotional talking about it. We just started. <laughs> and that's the reason why I wanted to do the show. I just wanted to get everybody, you know, I've been thinking about this. Um, for me, I hadn't haven't been feeling like doing a show really for a whole week. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I wanted to be able to talk with my brothers and sisters about this. Blake, how are you feeling? Man, kind of just like what everybody else said, it's it's more of a um of a sad feeling, you know, like you feel, uh, you feel let down, you feel, you get anger, you, you kind of break down everything that everybody is saying, whether they're friends, whether it's associates, whether it's, um, you know, family members, something like everything feels like it's being broke down into like little things of like, man, is this person genuine? Is this person playing me? Is this person racist that, you know, and it's like, we live in a world, we in 2020, and when we was for for the older generation, um, I ain't gonna say my age, but for the people that were in the nineties, we thought in the two thousands we'd be in flying cars, but we didn't know that in twenty twenty we'd be right back in like nineteen sixty, which is weird. So you know, it's it's a lot of different emotions, um, and, and it plays a, a huge part in not only my mental, but a lot of people, a lot of my loved ones, and a lot of people I know's mental as well. So having something like this to speak out um you'll know who not only help the people that's involved in this uh chat right now but whoever listens it can help them as well yeah yeah glenn how you feeling brother doing you know not, not too bad man i'm I'm doing well and I, I say that not in a bad sense um you know i've been to several protests and like i said like ariel said ariel said it helps you come down when you see a lot of people embracing it and when you around a lot of people that have the like mind i think i'm coming from a different standpoint being a father of a 14 year old black male um you know looking at it like you know what does my son have to look forward to you know in the next four years when he turned 18 or when he turns 16 you know when he starts driving do i have to tape his registration and his driver license to the dashboard so he don't have to reach into the uh, glove compartment and somebody think he has a gun you know I, you know do i not let him drive the decent car because i don't want nobody to stop him because he's driving a decent car you know what i'm saying so it's just that aspect and not, and not how it affects my young man but how it does it affect my daughter going forward when she has to marry uh you know when she does marry who she marry another man of color who has not dealt with this issue from 2020 in the next 15 years 
when she gets married. You know, he has somebody in his family that dies. So I'm looking at from the family aspect of it. How does it impact my family? Um, how does it impact, you know, years to come? Because guess what? We saw a murder on TV. I mean, you saw a murder on TV. Kids saw murder on TV. The life go out of somebody. And, you know, how does that impact it, impact it mental? Not just us as adults, but the younger people. So that's why I'm dealing that with dealing with the young kids and the teenagers, uh, how to handle them going forward. Yeah. And Snoop, how you feeling, bro? Um, Basically, I'm feeling just like everybody else right now. Like, I was starting to be, like, in a good mood, get motivated again because shows were starting to come back, starting get you down like I'm one of those people I try to stay away to stay away from the negative stuff on social media but like I just I can't stay away from this one like I keep opening my phone and looking at it again and again like I can't look away because this irks me like I know I feel how everyone is feeling like you can't get away from it like you said it's the same shit we've been saying for like years like our our parents our grandparents their grandparents but like it's nothing new, but I also feel like this time feels a little different because I feel like the movement is actually stronger this time. Like more people, more names are standing up for like everyone's actually coming together instead of like I feel like before a lot of people like you see the celebrities, basketball players, like whoever else, big names, they they stayed away and didn't really get into it like they needed to. Now I feel like everybody's coming together and everybody's attacking it at once. And I feel like almost the pandemic kind of helped that because there's nothing else, people not doing nothing else right now. So everyone can see it. So it's there right there in everyone's face. Yeah. You know what? And I think I want to add to that, what you just said, I think the pandemic did help because people saw it. You know, we didn't see Trayvon Martin. We didn't see Filio Castillo. You didn't see, you know, Sandra Bland. You didn't see that, but you actually saw, George Floyd lose his life. And I think that's what made the big difference where we at right now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Let me ask uh, if you could turn your backgrounds down just so that, you know, make sure our audience be able to hear. And so um, usually, you know, a lot of times with um, my podcast, I usually start with, you know, the top the E and go, you know, on. But I'm actually going to start from the Indies because we, you know, we see the, Obviously, we see the blatant racism in WWE. We see the blatant racism in wrestling, in the history. But I want to talk about the independent circuit. And um, I'm actually going to start with Jonte because, you know, like I said, I know you've been very vocal. Coming out of this pandemic, or I should say before we get to coming out, um, what are some of the things that you've noticed uh, during your career and, you know, some of, perhaps some of the lack of opportunities you may have gotten because you've been a black man? Uh, <clears throat> being in wrestling for I've been doing it for like 10 years or whatever like what I've noticed is that if you're black you got to be 20 times better than everybody but that's just how that's just how it is with with everything that you do like look if you I like to use Ricochet as a like the perfect example because like he's like literally like the most athletic dude I've ever seen in, in wrestling history African American and like that's how you got to be in wrestling you have to be extra whereas whereas if you got somebody white he can be mediocre this that and the third whatever you know it's all good he can still end up getting somewhere because if it's like let's just be real wrestling is a white boy sport bro you know what i'm saying they own this shit this is theirs 
So like we gotta go out and we gotta be extra. We gotta do this and we gotta do that. I also noticed that uh, there's a lot of quiet races, especially like in the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? Well, one of the main things, like I, I will say this, I respect a racist that will tell me that he don't like me straight up. Mm. Whereas if I'm gonna be backstage with a bunch of racists and not even know, you know what I'm saying? That's like one of the main things I've noticed too, like throughout this whole thing, is that you just constantly, you know, you people that you thought that you were really cool with are like racist now. Like you were like, damn, where that shit come from? Because just backstage, it was all, all right, brother, how you want to shake my hand the any way, the work away, like, nah, all that bullshit. Whole time, you over here talking about, you know what I'm saying? So, it, man, dog. <laughs> <laughs> the way it is, I feel like a lot of people are just like, everything's out in the open now. And a lot of people, like you said, I'll shake your hand, brother, brother, backstage. But you know, in the back of you know, they know. But like, now it's coming out. People are speaking how they feel, and now people can really yeah. see it. And I, I hate, I didn't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I hate the fact that it seems so trendy now to be cool with black folks. Whereas, like, back then it was like, when I was trying to explain to you why black lives matter, it was, well, what, what, I had, you know what I'm saying, they weren't trying to hear it. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it's just like, oh, well. And I'm not saying that people can't have a change of heart. Like, I'm not saying that. But, like, after so many deaths, like, that you're trying to explain, why is all of a sudden now that you see it? Okay, yeah, like, we saw uh, the, um, the, um, the the actual death and whatnot. But, like, you saw Mike Brown dead in the middle of the street years ago. Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to a motherfucker then, like, why Black Lives Matter. Because it's motherfucker, it's a dude laying out like roadkill in the middle of the street. That's why. But now oh, all of a sudden, I see a lot of, and I ain't cut you off, I'm sorry. I, I see a lot of motherfuckers on Facebook or Twitter, whatever, that's talking about some, they making videos talking about some, oh, I just, I just changed my perspective. I never knew what black folk, oh, fuck, I was trying to tell you this shit two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to hear that. Difference, the difference now is I feel like people are scared to get canceled now. Like now, if you say that, People coming at you like people wasn't really coming at you before. You said people were saying the same thing four or five years ago, but nobody was saying nothing. Now you uh, say everyone's coming at you, and people scared of that now. They don't want to get ambushed by it. Well, you know what? But but if you go back into history and look at it, people only change when you start messing with the economics of the situation. When you start messing with people, money, that's when people change. All this stuff it's, was fine and dandy. Think about the bus boycott, 381 days, and the bus shut down. You know what I'm saying? When we went, went down and the sanitation workers. When you start messing with people, money, it changes people's mm-hmm. mind. So when they started exactly. firing, when they started firing people for doing dumb stuff, you know, the lady who uh, with the dog and the bird watcher, she's upset. Y'all ruined my life. Well, you, you, this dude, put your dog on a leash. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And stop calling police on um, police officers. But when you mess with her money, you ruin her life. So that's what happened. People realize when you when you start dealing with that green dollar, it would impact and make people change their mind. All right, real quick, Ariella, I want you to talk about it from because you being, you know, of mixed descent and a woman, can you talk about some of the things you experience and what you notice? Um, like on a personal level, I don't. Like I haven't dealt with it as much as a lot as of a lot of other people, mm-hmm. and I think it's just because people like you know it's kind of more behind my back. Like you said, like people just like brother, brother, and then it's just like whatever you know. Once you mm-hmm. turn around, type of thing. Yeah, you know, I've seen it with other people. Like you said, like uh, mentioned, like 
that you know you have to work harder as a black person to get opportunities and i believe that too and i don't know it's i don't know it's it's a lot and like people are really exposing themselves now and yeah. it's just like wow well, at least they're finally being honest with who they really are <laughs> yeah, let it out like let it out That's yeah. What yeah i don't you know i don't like i said i don't like i haven't dealt with it a lot personally you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I might have lost bookings just because I'm black and Italian, but not know it because nobody's going to be like honest and say, well, we're not going to book you because of this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's all behind mm-hmm. my back. I've never really had anybody come to my face. Well, you're black. No. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, people are fake. They're not going to say it and to they you. Won't. They won't. They won't say no shit to you in, re- in real time. That's not exactly. Gonna yeah, they definitely won't. Um, Blake, I want you to talk about it from your seat. You, you know, being a booker, writer, producer, photographer, uh, agent in a match, you seeing all this stuff. A lot of times it's harder for a black person to really put their foot down, especially when you're dealing with an idiot like DJ Hyde. Um, you know, can you just talk about it from that perspective? I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of this stuff ain't different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just spoken out even more because you have people that have a lot of power that can show that they can be some kind of way. So a lot of people play follow the leader and now they showing what their colors has always been. Like, look, oh, shit. Um, Brian, we'd been in locker rooms. Quick story of, mm-hmm. you know, me, Brian and our friend Hugh. Yep. And, you know, a certain person, I, I don't even need to say his name you know, walked in, he see three black people talking about another wrestler of the black race that made it to the WWE. And what's the first thing he says? You know, oh yeah, you know, that wrestler, that's one big black N-word, but try to put an A on it. To try to feel like, you know, oh yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna make them pop, you know, like this will let them know that I'm cool with them. No, it just lets us know who you are, you know, but it's one of those things now, like, you got to read between the lines of a lot of these people, especially in wrestling. And for me, working with so many people backstage, I didn't see a lot of true colors from people before the race stuff. You know, mm. when it was about women being, you know, women being sexually harassed or something, and they wanted to stay quiet. But, you right. know, if, if they got to, if they in a, a platform like, uh, you know, one of the bigger TV platforms, if they see one of their TV friends say something, now all of a sudden they want to tell their story. So you got to look at things like this with some of these people. Some of them are getting educated and some of them do want to learn and some of them genuinely feel bad for what's going on, but don't get it twisted. It's still people that's in there. That's like, well, if they see that I donated, that's going to let them know that I'm part of the cause. Don't donate just because you're going to get the clout. Donate because you want to change. You know, it's, it's so many people that do these type of things and they don't want to change. You know why they don't want to change? Because if they have the change, then like we said a couple minutes ago, it affects their money. It yeah. affects their stance. And instead of sharing and everybody getting a party on the mountain, now they can't be at the top of the mountain because everybody eating. And in wrestling, a lot of these times, They'll tell you they want to eat. Oh, yeah, Snoop. Yeah, when I make it, I'm going to make sure that you get in, too. Two years later, you like, dang, they don't even answer my DM. <laughs> so, you know, sure. it's one of those things. Even with the race, a lot of people are more open to feel like, well, you know, 
I got to make it like this, this, and this. But then it's a lot of people that's really been wanting to say what they've been wanting to say for years and they're going to say it. And then they get the backlash, you know? So that's on them. You can pick your poison and do what you want, but karma hits everybody. And that's just what it is. You know, my thing is, um, um, Jonte earlier said that it's a white man's sport. I think about when he said that, it takes me to baseball. Baseball has been predominantly white for years. Yeah, I'm right. But, you know, Glenn and I, we talk about baseball almost every day during the season. And we'll be the first to tell you, you know, I think for me, my favorite player, and I still think to this day, Ken Griffey Jr. is the greatest player ever to play. Um, I also think, (laughs) I know Glenn's laughing because he thinks Griffey, you know, dimpled in the juice a little bit. Um, but I think Barry Bonds, um, Willie Mays, I think Jackie Robinson, obviously, and Jackie wasn't even the greatest of the Negro Leagues. He was just the one that was, it was he was the safe one. And, and I look at professional wrestling. Um, you know, The Rock is the greatest entertainer, dare say, in, you know, one of the greatest entertainers of all time that they let get through. Um, I think about a lot of, you know, everybody on the call. I think, you know, watching y'all matches, skilled and better than, you know, half the, most of the locker rooms that you're in. So I understand, like we say, it's a white man's sport. I agree the way it's portrayed. But I think that if we was able to really dominate the way we want to, we could really show that, hey, you know, black people do this like we do everything else better than our contemporaries. Um, Glenn, I want you to touch on, you know, you being somebody who puts on shows and stuff, what are the chances that you see of coming out of this, of us having our own platform? You know, a lot of things, a lot of conversations, being here in Baltimore, earlier today, there was a uh, crab place that, you know, they found out the owner was racist. And then you had people protesting where I feel, instead of protesting, just don't spend your money there. What are the chances that you see us having more black promoters, black um, owners of companies? That way, you know, Ariella, Snoop, Jonte can go wrestle for these feds, put these feds on the map as well. I mean, I think, it's, I think it can happen. You just got to have the right person in charge. And you want, when you promote, you got to make sure people get paid. I don't care at the end of the day. <laughs> you got to make sure people can get paid. You know, I, you we know, all I, know that. You know, but I really, I did. I talked to you know, you know, one of the people I talked to in the wrestling business, and it's all about the green dollar. I know I've been talking about money a lot, but when you're dealing with wrestling, it's all about the money. And people will put aside their their feelings and racism and all that for that green. That green dominates any color uh, when they, when they make it that money. So, but you know, I think it can happen. We just gotta have the, the right pieces in place and gotta have the exposure. It's just like the conversation. What if all athletes, all black athletes, went to HBCUs? Where would the money go? You know, it's that conversation. All black wrestlers went, left WWE or left AEW or left Impact Wrestling and started their own federation. What kind of uh, impact, what what kind of impact would you have in a world of professional wrestling? Uh, Let's be honest. When we go to these shows, you see a lot of African-Americans who spend a lot of money, uh, African-American kids in the cities they go to who spend money on professional wrestling. So if you took away some of the African-American money, took away some of the African-American thing and moved it into a different federation, uh, with all, Afri- all African Americans, I think you could do well, but you just got to be able to put on a good product, and you know, and that's the thing. You got to have a good product. Got to have the characters. You got to have the, uh, people people that people can buy into. But also, you can develop those characters. We can see something we ain't never seen. You know, it's today. It's two thousand. It's twenty twenty, and we never seen a dude like a million dollar. Never seen a black million dollar man character. <laughs> you got. We never seen somebody like JBL. 
uh, you know, when the last time an African-American guy came in uh, the arena with a limousine, the closest we had was MVP, you know what I'm saying? But you don't see that. And so, you know, when you look at that, I think it depends on how a promoter does it. And also learn the history of wrestling as well. You talk about one of the largest shows ever put on was done by a black booker, uh, Ernie Ladd. You know, when he booked him at Junkyard Dog down in New Orleans, down in Mid-South. And, you know, when you talk about this is a white man's sport, go back and do the history of professional wrestling. It was only allowed one black person in the territory. Some of y'all go to, you know, a different events and two or three or four of y'all in the room back in the day. That's why you very rarely seen Abdullah the Butcher and Kamala in the same territory. If you go back to the 60s and 70s, so, you know, it was just it was just some rules that was in place. And when these guys from East Territory would come together and sit in the back room and smoking room and they would trade wrestlers like they would they would trade black people like they were trading slaves at the end of the day. Yeah, right. And, that, and that's that's true. And that's that's the, that's the true fact. OK, you know, I got dog down here in Mid-South. Well, like, let's send dog up to the Stampede Wrestling for a minute. And then you OK, that's that's one black guy. We'll send Kamala down to UWA, USWA. It's just one of those things. But to your question, it can be done, but the infrastructure has to be put in place. And, you know, and, it, and it's just one of the things. you got to have the wrestlers to do it and people willing, people willing to do the job. And to the wrestlers, um, you know, or let me, yeah, let me start with the booker first. Blake, yeah. from a, um, uh, to Glenn's point, what would you be, what would be your expectations? Obviously, you know, we always expect greatness out of each other. And, you know, I say that with you being here, you know, um, we are, when we work together at, you know, different companies, you know, you ain't take no half doing. What would you, like, you working with a black owner, what are some things that you would sit down and talk to him about? The first thing I'm going to talk to him is the history. And the second thing I'm going to talk to is, look, you got to understand that it's, it's a perception that people have when it comes to the casual black wrestler. If you look at the bigger shows that are on TV, you can have people that are pure D athletes, pure D wrestlers, like coming from college. I'm talking about we'll, we'll chain wrestle the best of them. But if they can't rap or they can't nay-nay, yeah, I said nay-nay, <laughs> you know, because that's the thought process they're going to have. They're going to yeah, be like, well, gotta nay popular You got to dance for them. You know, they're going to look at it and be like, well, what's the entertainment value? You know, mm -hmm. so for me, you know how I am, period. If my name's on something, if you can't give me 100%, I'm not riding with you. That don't, and that, that's for every race. That's for everybody. If we in something together, we got to be the best. Yep. So we're going to look at who is the best athletes, who is the best entertainer. If we have social media, who's going to bring the best uh, social media presence? Who's going to be able to talk their way into a main event, but not only just talk, be able to perform so the next show, they be like, oh, man, I got to see that Ariella next and see what she do next. We got to have it from the first match all the way to the main event. So everybody in the crowd, they not just coming for one match. They don't just like one person. They got to be like this fed as a unit, as one is what we want to come back and see. And you look at feds where, like, if you look at, like, the Urban Wrestling Federation, yeah. they tried to do years back. Yep. Look at that. Um, I mean, that wasn't ran by a black man, you know, but look at the perception that it had to have. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there were people there that I've worked with that I know don't talk like that. You don't talk yeah. like that. 
and you not in no hoods. Mm-hmm. So why is you on there like, yo, 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 let me tell you what's going on, son. They don't talk like that in the hood either. So right. the perception would be bring the realness, let you feel the personality that this wrestler is bringing. And whatever you can show me that you want to be the person to take that, gra- that brass ring, I'm going to give you the opportunity. And if you mm-hmm. grab that brass ring together, we are going to take this company to the top. Yeah. All right, to the wrestlers, sure. I want to know what you're in. Um, let's start with Ariella. What would be your expectations from a black promoter? And what would be a conversation you would have? And then we'll go to Jonte and then go to Snoop. I feel like Blake hit it on the head. Like, you know, you want greatness from everybody. Like, you can't just expect, oh, one person to be good. Like, I love a show when it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to every match. I just want to see, you know, a locker room where everybody can get along. There's no drama. You know, everybody's supportive of each other because we don't have that in wrestling either. You know, everybody's trying to, like, fight for a spot and stuff like that. And, you know, they'll smile in your face, cut your throat when you're not looking and all that stuff. So, like, I would just want to see, you know, everybody have an equal chance at opportunities and just everybody get a chance to kill it. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, one of the things that I, I don't really expect that much, but one thing like what I wish would come back like during shows is like the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I feel like in every show, like every match should have like a different emotion and whatnot. And then it feels like every match is like the same. So like I think like sometimes promoters got to cut down on like on like they telling like listen bro like this is what we want to do this is the direction that we're going all right try not to make sure like y'all not doing everything else that everybody else is doing because if that's the case we just a one trick pony out here we look like the rest of these indies out here and i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to do that but it also falls on like the performers and stuff like that too like personally like i like myself you know what i'm saying like, i i can't sit here and half-ass anything and I don't like looking like nobody else. I like to do like the craziest shit just to stand out, whatever. I feel like everybody should have that mindset because it only just makes the show better in- anyway when everybody wants to go out there and kill it like like you said. You know what I mean? Like if everybody has that mentality that we're not working against each other, but we're working like with each other, you know what I'm saying? That That's just more money for, for everybody, really. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can eat if, if everybody mm-hmm. got that mindset. So, yeah, I, I agree. I feel before Snoop talks, I, want, I just want to um, add on to something that Jante just said. So we all watch cartoons. Like, we've seen cartoons since we was kids. Yeah. And this is what, like, I really want to bring this as an example of, of, like, my style of booking and then how stuff happens. So, yeah. like Jante was saying, you got to think about it like this. We've all seen The Roadrunner. We've all seen Speedy Gonzalez. And we've all seen Bugs Bunny, Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about three of the fastest animals in the world that mm-hmm. always outsmart their competitors, right? But out of those three, the most popular is Bugs Bunny. You know why? Because Bugs Bunny takes his time and explains the story of how he's going to outspeed, how he's going to outdo his competitor, mm-hmm. where everybody else just snap, 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 boom, the episode is over. And that's how wrestling is sometimes. It's so, it's so go, 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 go. We not watching that by the time you get to match three, if you in the crowd, you huffing and puffing and you're tired. You feel me? Be, be <laughs> Bugs Bunny, people. Be Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that's, that's, real, that's some real shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. Like, everybody just wants to do all these spots and all this, and, like, the fans are not going to remember all that. And it's like you said, it's just so much in the beginning, and it's just like, you know, yeah, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had that problem, you know, like, I, like I'm still like that's one thing about wrestling like you I, like you always learn something like every day because the business constantly evolves it constantly changes something always yeah. new happens you never really know like what the hell is really new because something new always happens so it's like yeah you know what I'm saying you just gotta constantly it's like you gotta constantly like reinvent yourself but you also got I think Triple A says it like perfect to me like he said you can't go in there playing wrestling like you gotta know like what you're doing you know what I mean you gotta actually know like who you are like if this put a hundred percent effort in and the rest will like really follow because if you go out there yeah, and you plan like and you acting like you don't want to be there like the people gonna notice that before anything else you know what i'm saying that's, that's just like when you blow it that's just like if you blow a spot and then you like oh shit now what i do no nah, but if you like know what you're doing you take your time then you can go on to the next thing and you can just figure that out like throughout the match 100 percent bring the energy great yep. snoop so yeah, so basically the question is what I'll be looking for in a black promoter. Mm-hmm. Now, what so would your expectations be? Yeah, my expectation basically be like a combination of what everyone said. Like, I'm not really looking like anything specific. I just want everybody to be treated equally and like given a chance to show what they got and like no favoritism, not like even just race, but like name wise. Like, I just want the Booker to pit the best people in the positions to show what they got like the best wrestlers are showcased like not just because this person's a name but he ain't really doing nothing he's just there because he a name like pit the best people in Uh the positions like give everybody a chance to show what they can do that's the only thing I really look for yeah so I I gotta ask y'all this question um when you out there and you're going from, because obviously, you know, for the wrestlers, you're going from different uh, fed from this city to that city. How often do you see people of color backstage in a booking position or even um, an interviewing position? It's not a lot. I see a lot of, I've been yeah, seeing a lot well, of interviewers, but not a lot of bookers, maybe like two or three, maybe, but I do see people like in the interview and the media side. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying the same thing. Like, I see a lot of, like, interviews, but not really, like, that many bookers. Not like that, no. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here, guys. (laughs) That's why I'm glad we on this call. You can meet somebody new. That's what's up, man. Shout out to a black booker. That's what's up. And, and Blake, for you, has there ever been, like, have you been able to meet fellow black bookers that maybe you can, you know, obviously in any business, you meet other people, you go to them for advice, you exchange information and ideas. This is how, this is actually, you know, how Glenn and I met. He was, you know, he had a podcast, I had a podcast, we talked, became the best of friends. Have you been able to, like, have there been any other black bookers or even owners of company that you've been able to talk to? No. Um, there's been backstage personnel that's been around the business for a long time that you could talk to, but bookers? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I learned, I learned, had a book from like what three different people and one of them was black and that was ruckus mm-hmm. you know ruckus uh ruckus derek frazier robbie marino sarah del rey and um adam flash so i got i was blessed to learn from some of the most knowledgeable people ever 
But as you can see, only one of them was black. And he had a different style than all of them, you know. But the good thing about stuff like that is it's, it's like Captain Planet. I just combined all those powers and made Captain Planet. It, it helped me be the person that I am. So, you know, if, if that means, you know, I can be known as one of the only black bookers and producers and agents and photographers, blah, 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 then so be it. I'll take it on. I don't care. Give it to me. I make people better. Look at my facts. Look at my resume. Pile at me. That's you know, and that's, and that's the thing. Well, like, shout out to you, man, because I don't hear that a lot. Bro. I don't really hear like shit like that from like, uh, I, I hear like a lot of black workers, obviously, but I don't really hear like black bookers that, that just be behind the scenes, just actually want to like, you know, uh, create something for somebody else. Like that. that's, that's what's up. That's yeah, well, and, and this is the thing too. Um, and I know we're going to get to it, but I, I do have to say this. This is what kind of upsets me when I go on social media and people are like, you know, oh, black wrestlers aren't, you know, oh, you're not going to book me. Black wrestlers matter. Black wrestlers matter. You do? But there are black people in wrestling that matter. I'm yeah. here to make you look better. People like Yolanda, the designer, has so been designing gear for some of the best people in the world. She Cesaro. matters. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cesaro, Drew Gulak. Do I got to keep going on? I don't want to have to keep going on. You got people like, like Jay Lee Photography, another group of photographers. We all do our best to make everybody look better. And for me, I'm giving you my blood, sweat, and tears. And a lot of the times, I put my goals to make it to the, uh, the top. I put that under making sure you make it to the top. So people, mm -hmm. stop with this whole black people, black wrestlers matter, and put it as in black people in wrestling matter. Because that mm. shit is offensive to me. Mm. That shit is real offensive to me. That shit makes my right. heart hurt. Because there are numerous people on TV. Some of them are world champions right now. Some of them will be on pay-per-views that will be coming on tomorrow. Some of them are on Wednesdays. They're on ROH. They're on Impact. And guess mm. what? Without my guidance, who's to say they wouldn't have had that responsibility to want to change to be the person they are? So, for now on, can we please say black people in wrestling matter? Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that there it is. Referees too. Referees too. Referees. Too. Yes, referees. Photographers. Glad you said it them. from that perspective. I never, like I said, there's not a lot of black bookers, so we never heard that perspective of it. So, I respect That's that. from the heart, man, because I'm, it, I've been it waiting puts for this you in a depression. Up. Get it. It, it, it. It puts you in a depression. When you see so many people make it and you still here and you still the one struggling and you know you help those people and then they either silent or they can't even come out their breath and even mention your name, that shit hits you in the heart. It makes you want to quit. But what makes you keep going is saying, I can teach the next student. That's why I teach at MCW because I want that next black person, that less Latino, whatever race you are. I want them to make it and be proud of them and actually pray that they'll be like, man, without this guy, I don't know where I would be at. Stop doing that in wrestling, people. Stop it, please. Yeah. Glenn, Absolutely. I, I want you to talk about it from a, um, you know, a lot of what Blake just said. Because, uh, and the reason why is because you're always 
anybody who knows Glenn knows he always try to look at things from the bigger picture. Always try to have the positive light on things. I, I know I could be a positive person, but uh, usually if I'm down, whether it's uh, in uh, something about wrestling or something, you know, personal, this is the person I go to. This is one of my, and I'll say it right here on air. This is one of my uh, therapists unofficially. And, you know, and it's not just because he's, you know, a uh, counselor as a shoot, but I know that he's always going to keep it real, especially from a spiritual perspective, but also a real perspective, you know. And I want you to touch on a lot of, uh, you know, piggyback off a lot of what Blake's just said. You know, I think I just, it's your upbringing, you know, sometimes being the way I was brought, you know, brought up was you work hard. Your gift will make room for you. You know what I'm saying? You keep helping people. Your gift to make room for you and put you before great men and put you in a place where you need to be at. So you continue to do your your thing. Somebody will find you. Somebody will deal with you. And then also putting yourself in positions that you can be found. You know, there's, there's some jobs that nobody want to do, but you go ahead and do it. There's some bookings nobody want to take that you go ahead and take. Or there's some there's some shows nobody else want to work on. Guess what? We work. We talk about putting being the best uh, being the best on the card or having great matches on the card. So what? If you're the first match on the card, make that match the best match. Make everybody try to follow you. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to make people follow you. So wherever they put you at on the card, you set the bar high. If they give you one match to book, okay, I'm booking that match like the main event at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm running a show, I'm promoting that show. I'm going down to – if I got to pass out flyers on a Friday night at a high school football game, if I got to pass out a – you know what I'm saying? If I got to be on every radio station here, here to the moon, I'm putting it out. So, you know, like Blake said, you put your best foot forward, and, yeah, you want somebody to, you know, be able to help you and bring you up. And you want to be able to get the credit for where you was at and what you did for people. But I've, I just come to light to realize that some people ain't going to remember you. <laughs> some people don't remember where they get, where they came from or how they got there. And the, 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 the thing that you told them to tweak this or tweak that and fix this. And that's the reason they got booked because they tweaked this and tweaked that. You know, but also, you know, it's all, ain't nothing wrong with saying thank you. You know, that's it. There's nothing wrong with saying thank you. Giving somebody a good thanks, giving them kudos while they're alive. And I think that's the key. I think with us, even in this movement, that's going on with African-Americans, we, it's not that we want a handout. We just want you to recognize that we've been done wrong. And that's the issue. It's not that nobody wants to – we're not getting 40 acres in a meal, so that's not going to happen, okay? Not, that's never, that's never going to happen, you know. But I want people just want – you know what? I want you to recognize that, you know what, the crap that you're doing, the underlining stuff that you've done is, is wrong. And guess what? We're going to have to deal with it. Um, and when people are, are out there blatant with it, call a spade a spade, and we move on. You know who to deal with. You know what promotions to go to, don't go to. You know, I, I, I get tired of sometimes you hear any wrestlers, man, so-and-so stiff me, they ain't pay me. Stop going back to them. You know, how many times, this, how many times, how many times, how many times you got to keep going to the same person they ain't pay you? You only got to not pay me one time and I'm not coming back to your promotion. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the things. You, you keep saying the same song over and over again. And I think that's where we are, even in this pandemic and this movement as African-Americans in the professional wrestling and life. Stop singing the same song and change the narrative, change the song. And the only person that's able to do that is you, is us. You know, and, that, and if that means starting a, a solid African-American federation, hey, let's go find a, a booker. Let's find somebody with money. Let's find somebody with their – there's a lot of African-Americans out there. I'm, I'm just a firm believer. Everybody was a wrestling fan once in, once in their lifetime. I don't care who it is. Billionaire was a wrestling fan, you know. AEW got Tony Khan. Let's find out Tony. Not settle for uh, just anything, but set the bar high for yourself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place 
price for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, my uh, speaker went out. Um, you know, and, and one of the things when you guys were talking, it made me wonder how effective, anybody jump on this, how effective y'all think we could be as, because I'm on social media a lot and I see so many talented black wrestlers that's just on the indies alone that's not giving their fair shot or even some of the ones that's just coming up and they just have that natural ability. They just need, you know, need somebody, a veteran to kind of help them, you know, they're raw and they just need that, you know, a little extra help. How effective do you think we could be if we did start our own? If we said, you know, if we, like Glenn said, we got stiffed by, you know, let's just say you guys get stiffed by somebody and you say, you know what, we're not going to work there. We're going to all bond together as a unit. How effective do you think this could be? Or do we have the crab in a barrel mentality that you think somebody's going to try to, excuse my language, be the good black person and not do it? That's the problem. Like, it's it's hard to get everybody to stand up for one thing. That's why this is good right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why the movement is happening the way it is, because everybody's actually doing something. We got power in numbers, but it's hard to do anything if everyone's not working together. Mm-hmm. Because there's more of them than it's us. So if we don't work together, then the shit's hard. So, yeah. It is. You know, and that, I think what you said there, Snoop, that was great, you know. It's hard when everybody's not working together. And I, and I look at the crab in the barrel as different. I mean, think about the crab that's in the barrel. That crab is trying to get out, right? Because he doesn't want to get eaten. The, the water's getting hot. I'm from Maryland, so I know what crab's about, right? So uh, <laughs> eating a lot of them. But that crab is in there. And the crab that's grabbing hold to him, he's not really trying to pull him down. He's trying to latch on so because he knows that crab that's above him is trying to get out. And that's mm-hmm. the problem is when somebody's trying to grab behind us, we think they're trying to pull us down. In essence, they want to go where you're going, and they just don't know how to get there. And so we got to start looking at that. You know what? We're having a conversation. Okay, if you want to get out, let's all of us grab each other and pull each other out. Instead of thinking somebody's trying to pull you down, they're trying to go where you try to go. It's like the, um, it's like the chain in us, you know. It's like make the chain in us, you know, like that, the movie Us was what I'm referring to. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think uh, Glenn and Snoop both hit it on the head. And you, it, it's just like anything. You can get 25 people involved, but a lot of the time, as history shows, only 23 of them will be on board. So if the other two aren't on board, slowly but surely, it hurts all 23, and then things start to get sour. Yeah. So it, it just like that's why, like, like Snoop said, it is good to, um, you know, what's like how you're seeing everybody join together now. Like, and then you even see people that know they have a white privilege and they've been speaking up like crazy. Like if I go on Twitter, like I look at people like Quinn McKay and like Aspen Rose, I'm like every five minutes, they like, oh yeah, just to remind y'all, <laughs> we using this as a good platform. Just to remind, like, I mean, and they are so thorough with it. And it's like, damn, like, this is beautiful, you know? So it all depends on, you gotta have trust in this will work for all of us. It's just like the mentality like with AEW, where from the beginning they've told you like, you know, this is, you know, this is about us, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And only time will tell 
if that is 100%. You can be the judge. Whatever you think it is right now is what it is. Everybody's going to have different opinions, whether they're working together, whether it's a bad app or not. But that's with anything, especially in entertainment. Yeah. You know, I want to move forward um, to, you know, we've seen a lot of posts on social media. We've seen more, we've seen a lot of positive posts. Uh, we've seen some idiots um, posting All Lives Matter. We've seen some idiots posting <laughs> um, <laughs> their support for the number 45. Um, I want to know what's y'all thoughts like when y'all start seeing these and just in general, who have been some people, you know, feel free to shoot or feel free not to. Um, who've been some of y'all, the people that y'all been disappointed in and people that you've been surprised by, whether it's good or bad. Um, Somebody brought up Jericho earlier. He's another yep. one. He's one of the first ones, All Lives Matter. He had Trump Jr. on his show, so I can't say I'm surprised by him at this point. And, you know, he has a lot of bad reps coming out recently, so, you know. But, of course, he's one of the heads of AEW, so nothing's going to happen. I don't fuck with Jericho, dog. Yeah. Simply because of that bull. Like, I, I was more so hurt because, like, honestly, like, I was born in the 90s, so Jericho's my childhood. You know, I grew up watching Jericho. So to see him, like, that was more so disappointing because you see, one, like, one of the dudes that you, like, grew up watching, idolized, whatever, kind of even, like, your style is even like his in a way. So you like, damn, like, that's how you really feel? Like, and, bro, you from Canada. Like, what the fuck? But whatever. <laughs> from from what are you talking about, though? Like, talking about when he had Trump when, Jr. on the podcast? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? But, yeah, when bro was talking about – he had he, – he, I think he had a uh, – he said something about all lives matter on one of his uh on his uh on his IG. Yeah, I'm like, really, yeah. G? comment. And I'm like, really, G? So that kind of it, it fucked me up a little bit because, like I said, like Jer Jericho was like an idol of mine, and to see one of your idols like basically saying like fuck black people, all lives matter. You know what I'm saying? That's like it's it the new hate speech, you know. You know There's what no saying? doubt about it. It's the new hate speech. That's all it is, and it hurt for sure. But now I'm on the I'm on the tip where it's just like I don't really rock with Jericho anyway. You know what I mean? Like that that's disappointing, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Jericho's in the position to where like a lot of black wrestlers look up to Jericho. So he, you know what I'm saying? So for him to even do that, that definitely let us down, though. Like we look up yeah. to Jericho. Yeah, I love Jericho too. So it's like, like you said, you're just I, like, I haven't, I never, I haven't seen the post you talking about, so I can't really like. I can't speak on that part of it because I don't. I didn't see it. So shit, G. I, I got that shit screenshot. I send it to you, G. Like I, <laughs> I send it to you, G. I'm gonna tell you who I was surprised by. I was surprised by Randy Orton. Now, um, Blake yeah, and Glenn, though, in a good way. Like, I, I, yeah, I was I was blocked by him. Um, oh, around shit. time, Alton Sterling and Flando Castle, and it's a shame that I know these names. And know the exact time when this happened. That just shows you that this stuff happens too much and happens right. too often. But when they died, he had tweeted something like, pigmentation of skin doesn't matter. Americans are getting killed. Now, I've read that two ways. I've read it as you're not saying that they're black people. They're American. But I also read that as a tone deaf to the fact that black people were being killed in this country. So. Yeah. I just, you know, quote tweet. Oh, I just replied, mm, that's upsetting. Next thing you know, block button. So uh, usually, you know, when you got, when you run multiple Twitter accounts, you know, if somebody got blocked me, they got blocked me from four other accounts. It's just that simple. So 
when I saw that he was like really like tweeting a lot of Black Lives Matter, I heard um, my buddy David Shealy, uh, award-winning journalist out of Tennessee, told me that he went in the locker room and apologized. You would know, um, you know, if you got, I don't know if anybody else has heard the same thing. But to see, you know, his stance on social media, that was a surprise to me. I think because I think because people got to see it. I mean, he saw the once again, he saw the life. I think people, I think we live in a world where reality TV and everybody watching SVU uh, marathons and stuff like that they don't realize that a life is taken. You ain't gonna see one another episode or on another show, but when you actually see a life taken. Um, you know, think about this, and then in this day and age, you know, our grandparents, when somebody brought up their grandparents, great grandparents, uh, if you're from the south, you saw African American dude hanging on a tree, you know, they left him out there as an example for the rest of you to get in line, or that would be you. Or you saw in the 60s where African Americans were getting bit by dogs and, and water hoses were putting on them. See, this is one of the modern day things that people saw, and it changed a lot of people's mind because, like, dang, how could you be that yeah. cool? cruel to a person to a human being in general and how you be that cruel to a human being who's crying for his mama who's asking for his mother who's telling you yeah. he can't breathe and, and yet we see yeah. you apply more pressure so that the humanity of the fact that people saw this is what's coming out now um you know and, and, you know people say i don't see color that's a bunch of crap because you see color you see color Everything in life, you see color. You see color at the stoplight. <laughs> you see color yeah. at the, uh, the grocery yeah, store. Just, just, do you want to acknowledge the color? I always say that. Yeah. I always yeah. like, how do you going to sit here and say you don't see color? So what the hell you do when you stop at a damn stop sign or it's traffic lights or whatever, you know what I'm saying, when the exactly. lights turn green or something? Like, so, I, I got something to say about the all, the all Lives Matter thing. Go ahead, so see. I seen something today. So if every, all the people that say all lives matter, if all lives matter, then why are you not upset about this too? If all lives matter, then, mm -hmm. and you don't see color, don't you see an innocent person getting killed for no reason that wasn't doing anything? Mm -hmm. right. Do you not see a, like, forget the color, you see an innocent person right there that ain't did nothing and he just got killed by the police. And you're not upset? Right. And why, why are you is not it? upset? Exactly. Like, why y'all why not upset like how we upset? Like, when every time, if there's so many, uh, white killings when it comes to cops and stuff like that. How come y'all not out there protesting and rioting and all this other exactly. stuff? Why, why not doing that shit then? Because it's not likely that that shit happens. And like, what irritates me too is like, oh, yeah, well, what black on black crime happens every day. Well, you know what happens when black on black crime happens? Like Snoop, like say I did something to you, bro. I'm gonna go to jail. You going to I'm jail? Gonna get, I'm gonna something yes. gonna happen to me, G. You feel me? But you know what? I, I, I looked that up though. You know what? People always say black and black crime. Do you know in the last 20 years, black and black crime has decreased tremendously? See, you feel and me? Even when, you, so, when you look at the numbers, so, <laughs> like <laughs> black on black crime is wrong, but even if that does not give you a reason to kill somebody just because the other person killed somebody. It's like, well, I killed him because he killed somebody. Like, that's not, that doesn't make it right. right. You're still killing someone. It's not right. It's just a way for the, it's just a way for white people to sit here and literally say, well, why I can't kill you? Well, what's exactly. wrong with that? What's exactly. wrong with that? <laughs> I'll kill each I've other, been, so um, I can't kill you. One of the things I've been most disappointed in with a lot of these companies' posts is, one, the Martin Luther King speeches. Um, they quick to quote Martin Luther King, but the one thing they're not quoting is when he said he wanted to judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. So that's one thing that's been highly disappointing. Just to be, it's like, it's like the go-to. It's like the... Yeah. 
the um, I'm not racist because I, my best friend is black or my neighbors. I've yeah. had five or, black people in my house. Yeah. Um, or they it, talk about like Martin Luther King peacefully protesting when all the riots and stuff. And that's he, he got shot. He got killed still. Like, exactly. He caught one in the neck. Yeah, exactly. So it's not either way. And see, and they tell that story wrong because think about it. He went down to uh, Memphis, the Santa to the sanitation workers, gave a speech. Mm -hmm. Right. The next day, he was assassinated. So it's not like it was a week. It was the next day after his last speech, he was assassinated. So it's not that. And most of what the pictures they like to show, every protest that he marched on, it was peaceful from the people protesting. But it wasn't. It wasn't peaceful by the police officers spraying water hoses and letting dogs, letting it's dogs happening. loose. See, so therefore, that's what's happening now. And so yep. the, the 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 protest itself, but yet you created the chaos within the, the reaction. Protests. They it's just the want. Reaction. They want the reaction, and they, that's all they're gonna go off of. They want. They don't care about why it happened. They just gonna yeah. care about what we did to retaliate. Exactly. It's a setup. Well, and and the the other yeah. big thing is too when it comes to the Martha Luther King stuff, it's the easiest to research. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that it's the it's just like a Bruce Lee quote. Like I grew mm -hmm. up on Bruce Lee, and I can quote everything. But guess what? You can find every quote that I can quote the easiest. You know, these people can't find a Huey Newton quote. You know, so it exactly. is what it is. You it's know? a reason. Why like, it's a reason. I ain't cut you. I'm sorry, but it's yeah, a reason why uh, white folks love MLK more than Malcolm X. It's a reason for shit like nonviolent, nonviolent. And, you know and, and then like they get that misconstrued too, because like bro, like. Yeah, MLK was more like just like on the peaceful side, but like at at a he had a turning point. He was like, when shit got too crazy, it was like, well, maybe Malcolm may, maybe Malcolm may be on to something a little bit. So it, don't don't act like Martin wasn't with the shits. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm mean. trying to get people to realize. Yeah, he was and, and with it at that point. A hundred percent. And like one of the things I wanted to say too is we were talking about things that. Uh, people have put. I, I'm not going to bring up something that disappointed me. I want to. I want to say something about the Jericho thing too. But I want to talk about this first. Mm -hmm. um, one of the posts that hit me really hard was Brandy Rhodes's post. Um, now with it. with Brandy, um, are you? Is everybody familiar with her post? No. I, what was it? Okay. So um, long story short, in her post, she basically talked about how she didn't feel accepted by her own and how she's had to deal with a lot of things. And a lot of people took it as, oh my gosh, why are you making this about you? This is not the time. Why are you talking about how your own kind hurt you? Yada, 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 da, 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 da. And right. basically she was forced to delete the post and she got roasted. Now, two things. Was it the right time to say it? No. But for me, it hit me so hard because I've been called three different racial slurs in my life, in my life for three different, you know, nationalities, you know, and I've been told, you know, you're too white to be around here or you're too black to be around here. I've sat in locker rooms where it was a group of us as black people all telling the story of how another black person is purposely holding them down and not letting them get to the top and letting them shine. And from what I read from the post was a lot of pain that somebody like me, I've dealt with it and worse. 
And the only thing I can think of while all these people were roasting her, and I remember I was talking to Brian was this, uh, I was about this was, I was trying to reach out to people to be like, yo, this ain't about getting a job for me. Anybody that knows me, if I, if I pull my hand out to you, it's to help you. What mm -hmm. I thought about was, how could I get a chance to talk to this woman and be like, yo, this has happened to me too. And right. the pain that you're showing has happened to so many people. How can I help you no longer have this scar no more and release those feelings and know that you are educated? Because look, as black people, one of the worst backhanded comments you can ever get is, you know what? You're like one of those like educated black people. It's easy to talk to you. You're not like mm -hmm. the rest of them. Yeah, you what don't the hell talk does that like mean? you're black. I'm like, what? Yeah, what you yeah. like, yeah. You always like that is one of the worst backhanded comments you can get. And I've had people that have texted me and be like, hey, I'm sorry you've been through all of this. And, I, and I'm like, what are you apologizing for? No offense, but if you're black, you have a story. It's like riding a bike. You know, like every black person has a story. So that was the one that hit me hard. And as for the Jericho thing, I looked at that in two different ways. A, you can look at it as an ignorance, but B, you can also look at it and go, who has really educated this person on explaining what that term really means? Yes, you might think it means something, but how many stories has this man heard from any of his black colleagues or people, his friends or whatever, that can explain to him, look, let me explain to you why this is wrong. And who's to say after that happened, because I am pretty sure it happened, who's to say when he went and donated, did he really mean it or did he not? Because this whole thing could have changed, but that's only up to the man that he looks at himself in the mirror. Only he knows that, you know? So that's the way I look at that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my two things that hit me pretty deep. I'd say what hit me well, man. And I think, you know, we talked about bad things, but good things. Titus O'Neil, man, I got to give it off to Titus. Titus I, is such a good dude. Titus has been doing a lot, even prior to this. Oh, yeah. Titus. Yeah, he's, been, yeah, he's always he's, been. He's, he's always yeah. been out there giving back, even with, the, you know, him and Dave Batista uh, when they was doing it and when they was talking. I know that Brian is not a big uh, – <laughs> got blocked from him, too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Damn, Brian, you got blocked by Big Dave, too? <laughs> hey, man. You're fooling. You know, but, uh, but nah, you know, even with Dave Batista and the police officers, they, they had a uh, press conference about a week ago, and Titus even – uh, earlier this week, Titus coming out, you know, just telling people to get together, get this, get your mind right, basically, get your mind right, get your, get your heart right. This and, you know, and that's one thing I like about him. He's activist. If he doesn't wrestle another day in the WWE, he's already done enough in the community. I see Titus, one of those guys, you know, being a politician. You know, being he could, I think he'd run for the mayor of Tampa right now and actually win. You know, mm -hmm. because of everything that he has done for that city, for that community. Um, yeah, it's good to see him do things you know what and i'm gonna i know we may not it's good to see that um the wwe is allowing their wrestlers to have a voice you know and I, I, you don't, nobody wants to get on the backlash of that and nobody wants to get on the back end of that and i don't know if you guys heard of anybody else seen but i haven't heard any statement from the wwe whatsoever they put or out anybody? the generic statement man they yeah, put out some a couple of days ago yeah <laughs> okay they you put know, out some you know, yeah. my, my thing is with all this is I'm fine with the statements, but the moment you start talking about protesting, then it, it, it's like, oh, just make sure you do it peacefully. No, shut up. I personally 
believe and me and my wife was having this conversation with our pastor and um on a zoom call like a young adult zoom call i'm not going to say that i believe in riots but i don't think that's the issue and i do know good things have come from riots blake i'm gonna steal yours steal it boston tea party the boston tea party um you know the riots of 68 you yeah, know? the Civil Rights Act. Everybody talks about MLK, but they don't talk about how the riots at right after he was killed, then right the Civil Rights Act was like well, a week after he was killed or something like that. So the riot the riot that took out that took place in the city, uh what was it, back in sixty seven out yeah. here. Like, come on, bro. Like so I'm not saying, Oh yeah, let's go riot. I'm not one to cite a riot. However, sometimes it's needed. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's needed, but when you're addressing these um, to statements, I want you to focus on blacks Why? getting killed. Look at Ben and Jerry's. Everybody should just look at them. They have the best statement out there. That's the MVP. In, yeah, yeah, in white supremacy. Everybody got to buy Ben and Jerry's for the rest of their life. Look, uh, look <laughs> not to cut everybody <laughs> off, but look, Ben and Jerry's, Netflix, and chill is the greatest ice cream of all time. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So that, that's my thing is don't go out there when you put out these statements and you say, yeah, we believe in racial equality, but please stop rioting and tearing up people's stuff. No, because that's what you really wanted stop to say. Reason. You yeah. just using the Black Lives Matter hashtag to jump aboard, you know. So, exactly. And, and I, I, I uh, appreciate those who are still posting about it, you know, not just doing it on Tuesday during Blackout Day. You know, because clearly we saw what Drew Brees did. Yeah, he posted a picture and then he was asked the question and told everybody how he really felt. So right. that's where I'm with that. But you know, but that's the, but that's the, that's the thing in society. People can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. They can't separate the flag. It's nothing to deal with the flag. It's not about the flag. It's mm-hmm. about the brutality. And I think that's what people lose a message that they so caught up on the cloth the red, white, and blue flag. And I, and I said it for, like, I am a military kid. My dad did 30 years in the Army. So I said I've been around Army bases all my life. You know what I'm saying? So from saying that it's not about the flag, it's about police brutality. It's about the fact that people are dying. It's about the fact that people can fight. You know, Drew Reeves talked about his parent, his grandfather and, and great-grandfather fought in the war. Well, there were some black people who came back, didn't get recognized. You fought for their own freedom and then they came back and wasn't even free. You know what I'm saying? Came That's back. Deep. So... And, yeah, and fought, and fought for Vietnam and fought stuff like that, and couldn't get a job, you know, yeah. and, and don't re- and not recognize as as a war hero, recognize exactly. as a woman mm-hmm. on the street. So you know when he talks about all the people who fought in wars and his grandfather, yeah, well, guess what? There was they fought alongside a lot of African Americans that don't even get recognized uh, for their fighting in wars. Yeah, yeah my I was gonna say jump off what you were saying too, like. My biggest problem, like you're saying, you know, be peaceful, no riots or whatever, but these are the same people that are complaining about Kaepernick because he took a knee. It's like, you know, you complain when it's peaceful, you complain when it's riot, it's like, make up your mind, you know? Yeah, you can't, you can't tell people how to react after they've been getting done wrong time after time yeah. after time. How many times happened. have we been peaceful and it's just like, nope. We tried. Exactly. You know, we tried. These yeah. weeks later, the everybody same, forget about it. Mm-hmm. These are the same people that's complaining about the protests and the riots, but they were just up here in our state capital up in Lansing that was mad because we had to be we out. Because we can't go outside. We're right, because we can't go to Alpha Exactly, yeah. So we can't with do shit guns, like that. With guns, with AKs, And everything. they attack the cops and, and everything. It's like, I saw like the videos where they were attacking the cops and I'm like, imagine if black people tried to do that. Yeah. We all would have been killed and they was in there. I'm for the rest of our lives. 
You would have been, like, been dead. That's Applebee's. What <laughs> like, and right. they can attack cops with guns. I'm like, wow. But you know, it's, Applebee's ain't even that good. <laughs> you know I mean? hey, them two it was mad because they didn't go to Applebee's. <laughs> they out here armed, bro. I'm talking about they got AKs. They out here. They going sick. Like, what? Nah. Mm. Yeah. Imagine yeah. they fight when their sports team winner loses. You know, it's crazy. Standard. What's crazy? Right there in Michigan, Flint still ain't got clean water. Ain't nobody riding yeah. about that. You know? And it's been five years, something five like years. that? Five bro, years. Look, I don't, look, I don't understand that. Trump was just out here in the city. Trump was just out in Michigan, like what, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Flint still ain't got no water. He skipped right through that motherfucker. He went of right through he, oh, he, he ain't going right over there. His friends is at up in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's, that's crazy. One thing about the NFL, you talk about Kaepernick. The problem with the NFL was they didn't have enough supporters. Oh, uh, they're supporting the Kaepernick. The rest of them guys wanted everybody their money. didn't want to stand everybody up. Everybody wanted to stand up. And everybody wanted their money. Now you hear all the guys, and I know they got the video out now, and and that's fine and dandy. You know, I. And I I'm, the biggest thing I want to see, and, and out of all the people that was in that video, I want to see Ezekiel Elliott take a knee because Jerry Jones said a cowboy player would never take a knee. He mm. won't be a cowboy. So Ezekiel mm. Elliott was one of the first ones in the video. Let's see what Ezekiel Elliott does this year during the football season. Well, he got guaranteed money now, though. Remember, yeah. around the time he was still in his rookie contract. But if, mm. but if the cause if the cause means that, that much, if the cause means that much to you, bingo. Right? Bingo. Lose the yep. money. If the cause meant that much to you, there would have been more people taking a knee in the NFL. Guess what? If everybody on the team would have took a knees in the NFL, guess what? The NFL would have gave in. That's your that's the NFL. If everybody right. of all the black people would have did that's the whole damn NFL. You can't do yeah. nothing. Right. Like you said earlier, power in numbers, and everybody has to be in it together. You know, like what you mentioned before, like, if it's 25 and only 23 are in, that it hurts, it starts to hurt everybody else. So, like you said, if insert black person here. If, if one or two people do it, insert black person here, and they'll just keep it moving. And be consistent You got to do it together. But now everybody, everybody looks like they want to be consistent. If you go back to the NBA with um, Michael Gardner, everybody was wearing the Don't Breathe shirts. How long did that last? Eric Garner. Right? Yeah. Eric Garner. Excuse me, Eric Garner. Mm-hmm. You know, how long did that, how long did that, how long did that last? You know, if, if if Kobe did it, LeBron kept doing it, more teams start doing it. Matter of fact, Nike even flipped it and Nike was like, you know what we can do? We can give y'all we can give y'all uniforms with hoods on it. How many people really realized that hood, that's where the hood came from? Damn. And Nike made money off it, right? You forgot about the fact now everybody got hoods on their uniforms. Everybody got hoods now. And you don't know even what that is for Trayvon Martin anymore. That's where it came from. Damn. That's where it came that, for. So see how, see, see how corporate America flips it on you and that you can forget the, the movement or the cause that you're doing just so they can capitalize on it. You and know? that's why I feel like I, I dig the fact that a lot of us went out and was like, you know what, fuck the booking because it's way more important than the booking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I, I've been blackballed before, so I don't really give a shit. So, honestly, like, because it's way, it's way deeper than just wrestling anyway, bro. And that's what I'll be trying to tell folks. Like, dog, like, if I miss out on the booking because I want to stand up for, like, what's right, like, oh, well, I wasn't meant exactly. to have that book in the first place. Yeah. Right. Why would you want to work at a place like that anyway? That's yeah. I want to know what y'all think about, about it. I want to know what y'all think about Joey Ryan. What did he say? About if um anybody, if a black person was blackballed because of speaking out about the oh. racial injustice that, he, you know, pretty much he got you. Um, I, see, I, you I see where it goes. Means, yeah, I, mean, I feel like he means, well, I guess, you know, some people would say, like, you should be booking black people before that. But I think Joey means well with it. Like, yeah. I don't think he had that intent. Like, oh, I'm just going to, like, you know, profitize or whatever on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same I'm a, a host. I'm going to hope that he got good intentions with it because, like, you know, 
everything is just like at this point where it's just like it, it's so cool like i was talking about earlier it, it's real cool to jump on a bandwagon when everything when you don't want to get exposed for how you write how you really I, I ain't gonna say i never met the dude so i don't mm -hmm. know him you know what i'm saying i don't know how he is i don't know how he rock or whatever but like i just hope his intentions is good because all i'm saying is this is not the time to be playing with black folks like period yeah. so if you I like i know like I've met Joey, we like I've seen him. We've been on a couple shows together. Like he's cool people, but like mm -hmm. all I want to say is like if you put it out there, let's say two three months from now when things are regular, just stick to it. Let's see you right. actually do it. Don't yeah, put it out there and don't stick to it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because if, if you do do it, put the black folks on that's been like going hard that hasn't been getting opportunities. I'm gonna sit here and say it, me. I, yes. That's what you're supposed to be. That's what this platform is for. I ain't gonna lie. Why we, we got here, right? To be real, right? We gonna be real. So I'm gonna say, like, yeah. if that's the case, if your heart's in the right place, motherfucker, I'm right here. Yeah, I saw a few people respond to his tweet with black people that didn't get that. Oh, you know, or told you know, like on the low, don't say anything or whatever, don't ruin your opportunities. And people tweeted it to Joey. So let's see if he does bring them in. Has anybody on this call had a threat? No. Somebody, I you saw my screen. I some weirdo, like so apparently he's a real weirdo. Like he sent me a damn, like you know, just you know, um, be discreet because you don't want to like lose an opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that mess. Yeah, Joey actually liked that tweet, so hopefully I'm on his list too. The book. <laughs> and, and, and P.S. too is somebody that's worked with Joey, and, and you know, I mean, I ain't gonna say me and Joey are like best friends, but mm -hmm. we are really cool and all that. And, and I'm just going to say it would break my heart if he wasn't genuine. But from what I do know of Joey, like, look, Joey is not afraid to make his own money the best way he can. So I really think that he is genuine with this. He's not marketing off of it because yeah, he already got his money. So that that's my per I think when I read that, I think he is genuine. But like I say, it's 2020. Somebody can call me right now and be like, yo, did you go to Vegas? Like, did you see in Vegas there's aliens out there? I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, what's for dinner Sunday? Because it's 2020. Yeah. You know, like anything can happen. Just stick to it. Everybody, yeah, but, can, everybody can pit it out there. Just stick to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Joey's, I think he's pretty genuine. But I, yeah, I didn't mean to I've known Joey, like, you know, like you said, we're not like best friends, but I met Joey from before I was like training. And he's always yeah. been like a good gentleman. I mean, I think we talked about, that's as soon as wrestling shows, indie shows get back to where they were before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest yeah, thing. I think it's definitely gonna be a different scene either way. You know, like between the pandemic oh. and everything else, it's like. Oh yeah, for sure. Like to see. the indie's definitely about to be on a whole different. Like it's definitely going to be different now because mm -hmm. we not like I said we are not playing that shit no more. Like right. if you racist, it then hey, you either it's it's, it's gonna be like two things gonna happen. You are gonna get exposed. or You are gonna get your ass one of the two. Yep. You yeah. feel me? And. <laughs> That's just how it is nowadays because I ain't right, shoot. I've been I've been <laughs> tired, bro. I've been tired for years. I ain't been told to shut up. I ain't been told don't say nothing. Like mm -hmm. you're not even a big enough name to do be talking like this anyway. I'm like, I don't give a fuck how many names I got. Like if if it's wrong, it's wrong, bro. Period. Exactly. You know? it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Exactly. Now, my my big thing is uh this too, just really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, look, if you was on the come up and you was about the culture. But then now, all of a sudden, you quiet when you made it on a platform. You wasn't really about the culture in the first place. Don't use it to be cool. Because I have, I. Yeah, this is not a fashion I, trend, you know? It's it, not it a trend. It's a real thing. That's, that's my only problem. Like, don't make it a trend. And, that, and it looks so trendy now. That's why I've been saying, like, 
Yo. Okay, I just been sitting, yeah. sitting back and observing like a lot of people. I'm just like, where, like, where's all this coming from? You know what I'm saying? Like, all right. Because that's the thing too. Like, I've seen some people, and I know some of these people where they're like, oh, if I don't get a book in, f that book in, and, and they're making it like they was about being black. And I'm like, bro, if I was one of these petty dudes, I would be telling these stories about how you were ashamed to be black. So well, don't honestly, jump on it because really? you think it's going to get you a booking. And P.S. to this exact person, you're not getting bookings anyway because you're kind of a bump. So it doesn't mean <laughs> your color. It no, just means you're that, kind of a bump. That's reality, though. That's Love real you. shit. Because I've been on this. And when I, when I first got in the business, I was already hip. I was already like, I know how this shit going to go, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, and play into it. The first time I experienced racism in, in the business, bro, I was in Alabama, bro. And it mm -hmm. was out of hands. Obviously, I'm in Alabama, right? So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was in Alabama, and it's by the fans. I got called niggas and chicken shit and all this other racist-ass shit. But, you know what I'm saying? So, I already knew what the deal was. So, I've been on this, like, bro, like, wrestling been on some bullshit for years. But wasn't nobody trying to hear me because mm. I wasn't wrestling in certain places where it was okay for me to say what I wanted to say. They like, what you think? Well, who you think you is? You ain't supposed to be talking like that, boy. Basically, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when they was talking about, hey, when homegirl told LeBron to shut up and dribble, that's how I feel when they say just shut up and just stay in your place. You and know flip, what I'm saying? That's bro. how I feel. Yeah, and flip. But you know, that's what you, I think y'all said something key, man. Let's see how many people are still hipped in six months, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who's, who's still, yeah. whose who's Twitter, Instagram, and social media is still popping in six months uh, after, after this. And, how the business itself as a whole change uh, in wrestling in six months. See how that, even from the top company all the way down to the little ones, see how it changes uh, in six months with uh, African-Americans and with how African-Americans are portrayed on television in professional wrestling. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's one of the keys there too. You know, how, how we're going to be portrayed or what, what storylines as these writers are going to write who are not hip to the culture at all. Yeah, don't be having none of these black people doing the Tootsie Roll because you think that's the sin. <laughs> it's funny, y'all took the, you really close, uh, I, was, I was getting ready to go into the closing segment. Um, and, you know, Glenn, you already kicked it off. What do you guys and ladies want to see happen from wrestling moving forward? What from the whole, from, you know, me personally, I want to see more black folks in creative positions. I want to see more black creative writers, not just people who love hip hop. There's a lot of black nerds. And I will say that, you know, I look at um, a lot of people and I'm not going to say nerds as in a derogatory term. I'm saying that when I was coming up in, you know, me being 33 years old, it wasn't cool to like cartoons once you hit high school. It wasn't cool to still be, for me, it wasn't cool to like wrestling, quite frankly. But now we've seen that you're not just having people who just love rap music. You have black people who love rock music and all types of things. I don't want to just see the, which you perceive as the prototypical black person exactly. in the, these creative positions, in these executive positions, just because you need to meet a black quota. I want to see fair opportunities. I want to see fair opportunities from a booking standpoint, from the executive standpoint. Like I said, I dare WWE to put the title on Lashley next week. I said that on the show last week. I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. But storyline-wise, to me, it would make sense. He could beat Drew McIntyre. So what right. do you, uh, start with you, Ariella. What do you want to see moving forward? Um, you basically, I just want to see, like you said, don't just have your black quota. Right? I'm going to get three black people just to say I have black people. Like, 
everybody should earn their opportunity equally. And, you know, like a lot of people are exposing themselves now. People need to stand up like these names that have said ignorant things. It's like, okay, they need not to be booked anymore. And like promotions that are like with people that empower that, you know, are saying whatever and people are like, well, I'm not gonna work for them no more. And then they're gonna like go back. It's like, you know, if you're really gonna stand up and be against people that have these mentalities, then you have to say like, I'm not gonna work there and actually need it. And these people need to go. Mm-hmm. So, equal opportunities oh, and get rid of the ignorant people. <laughs> <laughs> equal opportunities, yeah. get rid of the ignorant people. Snoop, what you want to say? Basically same thing, equal opportunity. I would, everybody get like, and not just race wise, just, mm-hmm ability and what you can do like don't uh, this whole buddy buddy system of like just because i'm cool with this person i give them a chance like no if the person suck the person suck i'm sorry just <laughs> equal opportunity that's yes. a whole yeah. i'd rather be told oh you're not that good i don't want to book you not or not because of you know just something like race or something like that i'd rather just be yeah. like you're not that good just keep training <laughs> you yeah. know? like okay you're right exactly <laughs> <laughs> John Terry and then Blake close it out. For me, it's more so uh, support. Like support that, that person, you know what I'm saying? Like if you see somebody struggling or if you see somebody that's that's not good or who can't keep up like that, instead of like trying to hold him or trying to like just straight up just be like, eh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? If he's a good, one thing I learned about the business, if you a good person, you can make some shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you a good person and got a good attitude, people will fuck with you. You don't have to be the best athlete. You ain't got to be this, that, and the third. You just have to be, like, a good person that's coachable. You know what I'm saying? So if you got that person, if you if that person is like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, try to try to work with him a little bit. Don't just brush him off like he's nothing because that's what's going – that's how you create a rebel, I feel like. Mm-hmm. That's when you create somebody that just don't give a fuck, who out here mad, me. You feel me? That's who's just out here, like, just out here just pissed all the time because he ain't had that OG sit here and like guide him and be like listen this is how you're supposed to do it instead of just getting tossed around like you wasn't nothing so like we need to kill the mentality of like if he if he doesn't fit a certain mold that that you used to then we gotta get him up out of here just because he's not what you used to don't mean that he's not that he can't be something you know what i'm saying like help mold him help get him to where he gotta go because bro like everybody got a story everybody start from somewhere you know what i'm saying like you got to get that per If that person has potential, help him get there, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't just sit here and be like, eh, well, he he could have been something, but whatever. Like, that's not how, that's not how, wrestling's supposed to be a brotherhood. Why, why we don't do that? Why we don't act like that? Yeah. There, there, the last time I felt like it was a brotherhood in the business, bro, I was 18. <laughs> wow. And I, and I was yarding. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I broke into the business where I found out how fucked up this shit was. I had more fun being a backyard wrestler, G, than an actual professional wrestler. That's fucked up. That don't even make sense. Because all the, I shouldn't, black wrestlers, yeah, but wrestlers in general, we shouldn't have to go through some of the shit that we go through just to get in the ring and fake fight with each other. On some real shit. (laughs) Because I don't even, I don't even, I don't, bro, I don't want to fight these people for real. I don't even know them. We out right. here trying to create stunts and shit, trying to make sure the people go home happy. I ain't got no beef with you for real. What you for real? What you mad for? This ain't no real fucking fight. Yeah. That shit need to, that shit need to change. You know what I'm saying? We need mm-hmm. to bring the brotherhood back. Yeah. For real. Blake? Um, well, first I want to comment on this. Here's my thing. If they put the title on Bobby Lashley, then what? 
Because guess what, Brian? They can put the title on Bobby Lashley Sunday, bring back Brock back Monday, and take it right off him. So but what does it really prove? But I get what you're trying to he's say. Been, but he's deserved the title yeah, for a while. Of course he has. But That's all I'm saying. But, 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 but see- here's a, the thing about it is, you know, how many, Big E deserves a title. You know, there's so many people that deserve a title on different platforms, mm-hmm. and you don't want them to give somebody it, and you feel like, okay, they did it so it can shut us up, and then it's, it's yeah. lackluster. Yeah, don't do it. I know it's not going to happen. Like, do it the right. If you're going to do it, do it the right way. Don't do it just because everything's happening. Yeah, that's how it's going to feel if he does one. I think next week that is exactly to shut people. Not saying he doesn't deserve it, but it's just that unfortunately the right way. Well, but yeah. So y'all try to say the storyline would make sense. He can have an MVP now. The story, like, let's just look at for the storyline. The storyline not going to make sense. Obviously, if we take away all this, you try to say the storyline would make sense. It would make sense, but guess what? Nobody's going to take away all this. That's yeah, the problem. That's the problem, yeah. That's the problem. That's yeah. true. Um, but as for, look, this to me, when it comes to wrestling, it goes beyond race. Because, look, some of my brothers in wrestling that, that I, I mean, like, I legit, like, I consider Greg excellent my brother, you know, and he's white, you know, <laughs> like, I, I consider, like, you know, one, one of my students who's, you know, has, who's Spanish. Like, he look, that's like one of my little brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want no more of this favoritism stuff. And, like, if Snoop is doing what he's doing on TV and can raise the bar, then give him that shot. If it goes to Jordan Oliver, give it to Jordan Oliver. If it goes to Angel Garza, Give it to Angel Garza. How do we know how somebody is going to be if you don't never give them a shot? You feel and if me? Your excuse, and, like, if your excuse is, oh, we can't find like, – if and this is more for anything that's TV. Oh, we can't find anything to write for them. Well, guess what? This is how I look at it. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time is the great Muda. He is my favorite wrestler of all time. He was introduced, did not talk English, but guess what? Gary Hart did. And what Gary Hart said, the wrestling in the ring translated what he was saying. So you got to see the great performer. Just yeah. like Bobby Lashley, just like Brock Lesnar. May not be strong talkers, but they have talkers for them. So for me, in wrestling, and it's in the Indies too, it's, a, it's for all these wrestling federations. It doesn't matter who you are. WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, MLW. It doesn't matter. All the way down to MCW. Where, where I'm at, you know, if somebody can grab that brass ring and they are hungry enough, like, like we were saying, if they have that passion, if they are coachable, give mm-hmm. them a shot. Because guess what? If they fall flat face first, all they're going to want to do is get up and make sure that doesn't want to happen again. And Brian knows this. And this is what sucks seeing Ariella here. Brian knows in them WSU days, when I was there booking, it didn't matter who you were. Whether you was a learning Penelope Ford, a new up-and-coming Priscilla Kelly, to a Kiara Hogan, to a veteran like Mercedes Martinez. All of those people at one time would get a shot to either main event, co-main event, challenge for a title, or be a champion. Because how was I supposed to know what they brought to the table unless I gave them a shot? And newsflash, newsflash. Here's a, here's a little newsflash backstage thing for you. All those people I just named, 
they're all on TV. Yep. I told you there that you before, go. and I know I said it to Brian, like seeing what WCU meant when you guys were there, I was like, that's goals. You know, and I know like now it's a lot of drama with them and stuff. And I'm glad I was able to like achieve that goal by working there. But I'm like, it's definitely not the same the way from what you guys were doing. And I could see the difference. And I wanted to be there because I saw what you guys were doing with the talent at that time. And that's what wrestling about. Wrestling is about, and I say this, this is one of my favorite quotes that I say to everybody. Wrestling is about partying on the mountain. Tell me this. Who wants to party on the top of a mountain by themselves? That yeah. would be the boringest party of all time. You will probably get drunk and you'll probably fall asleep. <laughs> but if you're with everybody else, you're with everybody else, all your colleagues, all those people, if, if John Tay and, and Snoop and Ariel, if you guys start at the same time and y'all all on that mountain together, y'all can be like, we did it and all be happy together. So wrestling, wrestling, give everybody this fair chance. Stop with that favoritism. Stop with that friendship stuff. Stop with that, oh my gosh, I don't know. And for you wrestlers, you wrestlers that, that, that have these platforms that can help your friends, whether it's guiding them, whether it's giving them advice and all that, you know, do that for these people. I can mm -hmm. only name one that does that, and that's Drew Gulak. Mm -hmm. Be a Drew Gulak, everybody. Mm -hmm. Be a Drew Gulak. Help everybody succeed. Because, That's bro, and just to piggyback what you were saying, like, off wrestling in general, bro, is, is, is such a, it's supposed to be an unselfish game. Because, like, when Stone Cold Steve Austin was at the top of his game in The Rock, like, you think they want to, I'm like, bro, that's how they eat. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, that's the main guy. When the main guy is the main guy, you're going to want to make sure he stays the main guy. Because he's like, bro, like, this is, this is my food right now. I got him. We got to protect. That's just like when you in the hood. And you see somebody with all the potential in the world, he the hooper. And you know what I'm saying? Out of all your friends, he the one with the most potential. Who are you going to protect? The one that's probably going to go to college. The one that's going to, mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? That's going to yeah. have a chance to help everybody get up out this motherfucker. That's how yeah. I should be with wrestling. And, and one thing I want to say, because uh, I, I want Glenn to say something, too. This is something that's really hard for me to say out loud. Um, it's, it's actually two things. First, uh, I had a family member yesterday. No, it was Friday. Um, yeah, that was yesterday. Um, he asked me straight up. He said, um, if you knew 10 people, as a matter of fact, five. He said, if you knew five people in wrestling that would actually speak up and say, if it wasn't for Blake, I wouldn't have. And finished that sentence. He said, where do you think you would actually be at in wrestling? And I got very choked up by that question. And I just fell into tears because I was like, I would not be in this crappy predicament that I'm in now. And the other thing, listening to that, that scares me for people like anybody in wrestling, whether it's Snoop, Jante, Ariel, or myself, or anything, one of the scariest thoughts that you have is if something were to illy happen to you or if you were to pass and you're looking down from above and you're seeing all these people like, oh, you know, I just never understood why he never got the shot. Or, oh, he would have been so good. Right. And da, 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 da. And yep. you hear them saying the same thing they could have said that would have got you that shot when you were with them. That's the scariest thought about wrestling, and I don't want that to happen to any of us. I think, I, and that's it's funny that you even mentioned that because I feel like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that now. 
You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because, like, bro, I put everything into wrestling. Like, bro, I was, like, I was fucked up. Like, I ain't trying to give nobody a, a sob story or whatnot. Like, bro, I, I've been, uh, um, like, and it's hard to talk about this, too. I get choked up. But I've been clean for, like, seven years now. You know what I'm saying? I started doing pills when I was in high school. That's how long I've been fucking wrestling. I ain't been homeless because of this shit, bro. I ain't put everything I ain't had into this shit. So, like, yeah. now it's just like, damn. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers don't be seeing that shit. They don't see how, how much I ain't lost, how much I ain't sacrificed, how much, like, like I said, I'm not trying to give a sob story or none of that shit. But I, I did a lot for this business. I ain't put a lot of motherfuckers on. Mm -hmm. I put a lot of motherfuckers on, bro, that, you know what I'm saying, that, well, I will never say any names like that because I don't do shit for clout, none of that shit. But, like, I ain't helped a lot of motherfuckers when, love my, when I was looking for help. Wasn't nobody looking for me, bro. Even to this day, like, I just started having, like, dog-ass matches and shit like that, like, last year, starting to get put on, whatever, whatever. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. This shit happened. You know what I'm saying? But, like, bro, I put a lot into this shit. A lot. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's to the point... Niggas, motherfuckers ain't gonna appreciate me till I'm dead. I don't want it to be like that. I ain't get into wrestling just so I can be like, well, damn, like John said, he had all the potential in the world. But because I got a smart mouth, but because I, I stand for something, but because I, I, I got morals and I don't let nobody walk all over me and all this other shit, I'm a threat. I don't deserve to be on shows because I, I stand up for myself. Or I stand up for like the, the good for people. Like, what sense does that make? Well, you like, brought what? up something. Um, one of the things that I wanted to jump in there real quick um, is. We, the people saying Black Lives Matter. You're saying um, we hear you Black people. We want you to hear you the way we want you to hear you. We're tired of code switching. Code switching is exhausting. I shouldn't have to dumb myself down in order for you to understand me. So if, you know, a Jonte is somebody or Blake is somebody who's outspoken or if Ariel is somebody who's going to put you in your place and, you know, if Snoop say, hey, look, I don't like this. And, or he just, hey, you know what? He want, decides he wants to come to the show and be the life of the party, be loud. If Glenn want to come in and talk to somebody and motivate them, let them be themselves. At the end of the day, we want you to hear us. We want you to understand that Black Lives Matter, not just in the world, but in everything, in professional wrestling, in all surfaces. But we want you to let us be ourselves. You know, Brian, I think that's the key there. And, you know, my last thing you said, that's the problem. Everybody wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted to comprehend. Mm -hmm. See, 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 that's when, when you have a conversation. Conversation is not you just listening to me. A conversation is you understanding what I'm saying out of my mouth and that you're comprehending. And when you comprehend, then you can change. And that's the problem. They've been hearing for so long and nobody's been willing to comprehend. And now what's happening, a lot of people starting to comprehend. That's why you're starting to see change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Um, I really enjoyed this. I hope y'all did too. Um, we're going to start from, you know, start from Ariella and let's move on from Ariella to Blake to Glenn Snoop and then to Jonte. Give her, let everybody know where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Ariella Nicks. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. That is It's Blizz, I-T-S-B-L-I-Z. You can find me on Twitter at Real Glenn Thomas, Instagram at WME Podcast. You can find me uh, on Facebook. That's where all my shit really is. Like, I'm always going off on somebody or something, you know. So just uh, add me at John T. Keith, you know, and I'm going to just keep it 100 with y'all. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all all the time. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Snoop Strikes OAO. 
or you can find me on Instagram at Snoop OAO. And then my Pro Wrestling Tees page, just type in Snoop Strikes. Show some support on there. That's all. Buy all Snoop right. shirts. Stop playing, y'all. Yes, if I had some money, I'd buy your shirt too. <laughs> now, I just uh, I just want to add, I just want to say, like, yo, like it was it was a pleasure because I'm meeting like a lot of new people. Like I'm meeting uh I know Brian, but I'm the rest of y'all, like I'm meeting y'all for the first time. Like Snoop, I know you because of MLW, so shout out to you and Myron. I'm real cool with Myron and Jordan. Uh Ariella, like all y'all, like it was a pleasure, like getting getting a different perspective of all y'all. Um, like I hope one day we can all like do some shit like this again, cause like this is this is dope. You feel me? Like it was an honor talking to all y'all. Hundred percent, likewise, likewise, man. Yeah. See y'all at a show. I definitely would holler and say what's up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm happy about this. Um, one of the things, like I said, I know for me personally, it was a rough week last week. I struggled. I didn't want to watch wrestling. I didn't watch Raw live. Um, Wednesday, I got myself together. And, you know, shout out to uh, Amber Rodriguez, who, you know, in her absence, she was supposed to be on a panel. Um, unfortunately, she wasn't able to make it tonight. But, you know, I went to her first, ironically, and said, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, we discussed, we put the names together. Um, so, you know, she co-booked this with me. And she yeah, she had some phone troubles or phone <laughs> Broke down. We still love you. We still love you. Exactly. So, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button down below. Subscribe to the Wrestling Realm. Share it with your peoples. You know, uh, shout out to my brother, my partner, the real Dwayne Allen. I'm backwards, but uh, the real Dwayne Allen. Make sure you follow him at Dwayne Allen24. Follow me at Brian H. Waters and the Wrestling Realm. Anywhere you get your podcast, drop a five star rating, hit the follow button. Till next time. So long, everybody. R.I.P. Danny Havoc. R.I.P. Yes. Big Dan. That's yes. crazy. R.I.P. Big Dan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week's episode of Wrestling for the Culture. For more episodes or more content from the Wrestling Realm Network, hit the subscribe button down low. Make sure you turn on the bell for notifications. Till the next time, too sweet. <laughs>